Hey everybody, what's up? It's your girl Courtney Love. Um, tonight we are sitting down, chatting with a friend um, of mine from way back in the day, uh, Mr. Chris V. Ray. Uh, Chris has done so many things and I just can't even begin to tell you all of his amazing accomplishments and achievements and he's been such a pioneer in so many ways and you know it's just so interesting to me young man outside of um, Fayetteville North Carolina living in Spring Lake North Carolina he likes to say he's just an Allen boy who did good and um, but I have an opportunity I had an opportunity to know him as a preteen and teenager maybe we were teenagers and I've had an opportunity to admire him um, as an adult and so uh, I want to read a little bit about Chris before we bring him to the show he was born in St. Thomas U.S. Virgin Islands spent his formative years in Spring Lake Um, that's where I met Chris at Spring Lake North Carolina he graduated high school as a track and field all-american attended East Carolina University on a full ride athletic scholarship Um, 2011 Uh, Chris was the youngest person ever elected to serve as mayor of his hometown, which second hometown, Spring Lake, North Carolina, and he served there three terms. Um, 2021, he was elected um, 36th international president of Phi Beta Sigma fraternity, uh, one of the nation's oldest historically black fraternities committed to serving, um, to service to humanity. I'm sorry. Chris, um, this this bio that I'm reading, or this little bit of a plug of a bio, it, it doesn't serve <laughs> um, him well. He is such a he's a he's a space filler. Um, I like to say that he is um, he's just a boss, and he's hella creative, hella driven. He's a super badass, and. Um, He's a visionary. Um, he speaks life into dead situations. Um, he can see the potential in almost anything. And um, I believe that whenever Chris puts his hands to something, it becomes better. So without further ado, I want to welcome my friend, um, Chris, to this show and um, I'm just so happy to have him here and I probably will uh, talk a little bit more about <laughs> about Chris as you uh, enjoy this show between he and I and as we talk about a through line of our lives as we talk about our journey the decisions that we make our professional life our childhood the traumas that we experience the um, growing up in, in the Carolinas during the height of the crack epidemic and, um, and still surviving and thriving and getting to the place that we are today and moving forward. Chris and I share a lot um, in this conversation and I just hope you enjoy it. So uh, let's get into this. Um, it's your girl Queenie Love, the host of the Relationships on the podcast. Thank you for listening. Listen all the way to the end. And make sure you follow 
myself at the Relationship Zone. And also follow Chris at I am Chris Ray. All right, everyone, let's get to it. Hi, Chris. Hello, Queenie. <laughs> you know it's okay if you call me by my government name, right? I'm just making sure. You know, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to. Um, you know, some people change their aliases as we get older. So you know, the artist yeah. will be known as. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you notice when I sent your Zoom link over, I actually um, sent my name because I was like, yeah, he's gonna probably want to call me by my name so okay, um, okay. I, and I well, yes well I mean I have you saved in my phone with your government name so <laughs> since I've known <laughs> since right. I've known you for the greater part of my life so right I was like oh when did we become queenie I was like oh okay oh, be okay. quiet Chris. <laughs> okay it's a long story but hey here we are yeah, it's not about me, it's about you. So Oh, of course, absolutely. I mean, Chris, you have letters behind your name now <laughs> and in front of your name, actually. Like, <laughs> what the world? I mean, what is that? I, you know, look, I mean, the, you know, I'm talking to individuals about this ever-evolving life and you are like the epitome of an ever-evolving life. Oh, so man. you got front letters and titles and that. yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, man. You just wake up one day and you're just like, oh, okay. Okay, that happened. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but then you look back and you realize that uh there were there were things that happened along the journey to create, you know, as we say, this ever-evolving life, right? And it's happening. And I realize that I'm being intentional about it happening, right? It's not just happening. I mean, I'm being intentional. I'm making moves. I'm, you know, some people say they make making moves, but you know, you gotta actually make moves. Absolutely. So, um, but it's been amazing, man. It has been truly a, um, the ups and the downs. Um, I made a post a couple of days ago, just talking about uh, what an amazing journey this has been, right? All the things I failed at. Uh, but yet and still I'm succeeding. So, yeah. and that's a part of that, but that's a part of it, right? Um, it's accepting those failures, learning from those failures, uh, but still succeeding and um, and not giving up. And I know it's so cliche to say that, but it is actually so true. So you just true. can't give up, man. You just, you just yeah. can't give up. You can't give up. You just can't give up. So many of us do. Yeah, for you sure. Know? So. For sure. And, and, you know, Chris, you're so spot on. You and I are coming from, generally coming from the same area. Yeah. Um, our lives were very similar um, in many places and spaces, right? Um, and we came from Spring Lake Junior High. And um, I look at you and I say, you know, he refused to be that statistic that mm -hmm. others would have counted out. Um you were always different. And so to see you do what you do now, I, I admire you and um, I'm so, so proud of you. But to be honest, when I 
look back and I, I can still see you in middle school. I honestly didn't expect you to do anything less than what you're doing now. You were so different then and you were just different. Like you just had a different light and a different call and you could see it. So to me, this is where I could have imagined you being like, like <laughs> Chris is going to be successful. <laughs> and when you were elected to office to become the mayor of the town that, you know, we went to school in and you grew up I in, I was like, yeah, that's kind of fitting though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was, oh my gosh, that was such a wild chapter. Um, it was, it was just like, I I remember waking up, I think it was, it was the next day after the election. It was November 9th, 2011. Mm -hmm. um, November 8th, 2011 will always be special, of course, because it was the, the day I got elected, I was elected mayor, but it was also the, uh, it was also, so we celebrated my grandmother's birthday, right? So she was, at the time she was alive. And so to see one of her children. Yeah. Um, knowing from our backgrounds, knowing from where we came from, to know that um, you have now elevated your family to the mayor's office, yes. you know, uh, and she had, and she lived long enough to see that was, I think it was, I was more excited about that than actually winning, right? Because of just what my grandmother meant to me. Um, but the next morning, I remember laying in the bed, um, and I was just laying there looking up at the ceiling and I was like, oh my God, I am the <laughs> mayor-elect of, of a whole city. Holy moly, right? Like, what in the world? Like I pulled it off. And um, but it was a great, it was a great chapter though. Um, it was a great ride, so many lessons learned. Um, you know. It was it was good, man. It was yeah. good. I learned a lot about people, you know, learned even more about government, learned about the challenges that so many people still face, um, the stories. Um, I see so many of the faces. I see the hope in the eyes of people who want better in their community, uh, people who want better for themselves, um, folks who get frustrated with government. Uh, I mean, I saw it all, man. It was but it was an amazing if I ever get elected to anything else in life, in, in that, in, in, in government, being the mayor of Spring Lake will always be the best gig ever. Uh, yeah. It'll be the best gig ever. Yeah. Yeah. I will. love it. I, I, I absolutely love that. And you did well, you know, I know you don't need Sandra <laughs> from school to tell you this, but yeah, we, yeah, we're pretty good. We had, we had a pretty good run. We had a really good run. Uh, but you know, I was like, oh God, I need my life back. I was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, some people's like, oh my God, you could do this forever. Absolutely not. Can't do it forever. Um, that's the problem with government now. Too many people trying to do it forever, right? Yeah, I they mean, get comfortable. Yeah, yeah, they get comfortable. Um, people get addicted to power, right? It's, you know, so human nature, right? Everyone wants to find their niche in place in life. And what I've learned about elected officials are, um, you know, you get put on a pedestal, you're important, you're making decisions on behalf of the people. Um, some of it is very critical, it's very serious, but it gives you a platform and some people don't wanna get off that platform. Yeah. Uh, even though, even, even for some of us 
when the time comes to get off the platform, right? I used to always have a saying, if you have a representative um, and you're living in the hood and the representative has been, whether it's in Congress, whether it's in the state legislature, whether it's on city council, um, and you don't have, you didn't have sidewalks when they got elected and it's 10, 15 years later and you still don't have sidewalks. That's not the person you need to re have represented you. Um, it's just that simple. Um, and I made a promise when I got elected six to eight years. I thought that that was appropriate amount of time. And either, either you move up or you move out. Uh, and I decided to move out and, and pursue other opportunities. And of course, you know, God, you are. God, God, he's so blessing. So well, y'all don't understand now. It's a privilege for me to be on this man's calendar. Can oh. I friend or not y'all? Cause you know, sometimes we get elevated. We forget about a lot of people. And uh, Chris didn't forget about me. <laughs> I cannot forget about you. No, no, no. I, you know, I love, you know, so what I love about this journey is there are so many, you know, you, you know, and, and when I say this, I mean, it's from the bottom of my heart. Like I absolutely count it as a privilege to sit in the rooms that I do knowing that I am representing thousands of people. Right. Um, and having the, ability to use my intellectual capital to provide, whether it's policy ideas or, or strategies on things that are going to move the needle for people. Um, and it's a privilege, right? From sitting in the room with the, with the president of the United States, um, right down to being with CEOs. But what I have learned in this life, in this journey, is that um, if opportunities avail itself, for my folks that have been a part of my story, um, if I can be a part of theirs in this new role that I that I'm in, then I have to do it. You know, Chris doesn't get to sit here without have having the relationship that I had with you when we were growing up, right? Yeah. Um, you know, um, for us being there for each other when we were in middle school, yeah. um, even if it was just you know leaning up against the bar. <laughs> not saying just you know just you know it all of that is a part of this right um i i'm one of those folks i believe in the butterfly effect so you know maybe standing next to you on that one day you know kept me from whatever you know sure. um but it's i have an obligation to make sure that i am always constantly reminded that all the folks that were part of these early chapters of my life um, that ain't did me wrong, ain't, you know, ain't, you know, sit back and, you know, talk junk about me later on, because, you know, if you had talked junk about me when we were in school, I wouldn't be here today, you know, right. and so now I'm <laughs> keeping it 100, yeah, I know, keeping right. it 100, but the reality is that you were part of my chapter, and, and I wanted to make sure that I continue to be a part of yours, that's, that's the beauty of this journey, man, um, and some people, to your point, yes, they do forget, yeah. um, I don't, you know, yeah. I don't. Look at where we are now, Chris. I, I just, you know, so, so look, I know people are watching like, what is the point of this story? Well, it's because we all have a story. And mm. if you only knew where Chris came from and truly for those of you that don't really know me, if you, you just know me, you know, Queenie, but if right. you really know my story, then right. 
you would then see why these connections and these conversations mean so much. And I hope that people see us and understand who we are and learn from us and realize that they are only part of the story. They're only part of their story. There's so much more to be told. There's so much more to be written. And there's so much more that they can actually achieve regardless of how they started. Um, And so with that being said, Chris, I want to go back a little bit. Okay. I want you to talk to me because you spoke about your grandmother. You know, I had a grandmother too, you know, when I was young, I loved her dearly. Um, I want you to tell us about that soil that you are rooted in. I know you're coming from Spring Lake. People keep hearing me say this. I've talked about Spring Lake quite a few times. Um, But, you know, Spring Lake was not always the best, you know, wasn't and I'm saying the best memories, right? Because there was a lot going on in the eighties and nineties in Spring Lake and Fayetteville, but right. we still grew out of that. So right. tell us about right. that. Sure. That you sure. Yeah. So, you know, I always like to, you know, share with folks that, you know, I didn't get the, um, the mom and dad, you know, story, right. Uh, my grandmother raised me from the day uh, my mom left me at, um, at our trailer um, back home in the Virgin Islands, right? So that's originally where it all started, back in the Virgin Islands. My mom left me when I was two months old. Um, she wanted to continue to live her life. And she was a young woman who, you know, just wasn't ready to settle down with no kid, right? And uh, like you said, it was the late 70s, uh, the 80s, and all of the things. So my grandmother, we had um, my uncle, uh, her last son. My grandmother had eight kids. I like to think that I was her ninth one. Um uh, my uncle, who was the baby of the time, had got stationed at Fort Bragg, and his statement to her is what was just so profound back in 1985. Because we moved to we moved to the states in '86, but in 1985, he said to her, he was like, "I'm getting ready to get stationed at Fort Bragg. You should come to the area um, so that we can make a better life for Chris." Mm. That's what he said. Um, even though he was starting his journey of making a better life for himself, you know, we didn't have any money. We were poor. I mean, when I say poor, we were poor. I mean, we were poor. I don't even, some people say poor, we were poor, you know, um, you know, public assistance, all of that. So we had public assistance in the islands. We moved to uh, Spring Lake uh, in the eighties and it was the same thing, right? But my grandmother made the decision to come to America. Uh, we moved, packed up our trailer, moved um, initially we moved to Eureka Springs, uh, oh, yeah. and, uh, moved to a trailer there. So I was used to living in trailers. I was like, Oh, yeah. it, was another, it was another trailer. Right. Uh, and then we moved to 413 lower court in Spring Lake shortly after that. And that was the first house I ever lived in. So it's a two bedroom house. Um, I mean, when I think about where I am now compared to, <laughs> you know, that house, but to me, it was amazing. Right. Uh, but my grandmother, just really poured into me uh, that time period because Spring Lake was a tough place, right? Um, uh, a lot of folks who, um, I remember one time this lady telling me, she said, Spring Lake is where people, where dreams come to die. I said, oh my God, you know, I mean, that's that was just the, um, the socioeconomic status of our community, right? It was a lot of drugs. It was a lot of gangs. It was, you know, if you got out of Spring Lake, you were a success, right? 
Uh, some days you were going to school fighting every single day. Why you look at me like that? Why you touch me? Why you bump into me? Okay. You know, all of those things, you know, you were there. Now, sometimes I, I, had, I had to pull you off of some of those fights. You're right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let me just put that out there. Right. So um, it was a, t- I mean, it was literally like, I think I, <laughs> I'm just going to relate to this. The Spring Lake, you know, you know, when you got the Tiffany Pine boards against the Spring Lake board. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, just, Shaw Road. Don't forget Shaw Road. Off of Shaw Road and oh my goodness, all of that craziness that kept on going on. Um, I I remember when um um Lean on Me came out. I said, Well, hell, we this Spring Lake right here. We <laughs> this is Spring Lake, my lord. I I mean, I felt like we resonated with with lean on me because I mean, what was going on? I mean, it was just like, I am just grateful uh, that we were able to navigate those waters um, to get out, right? And so, but there were so many good people along that journey, um, just great teachers. When you talk about, you know, Miss McCoy, who was the math teacher who just, God knows, Miss Webb, my you know, my science teacher. Um, then you had Miss Peyton, who was the chorus teacher, who just was like, listen, you know, we not. Then it was Coach Eric Tucker, who was the track coach, who basically discovered that I could run, you know. He he was Joe Clark to me. <laughs> he was Joe Clark. He literally I just was interviewed him a couple yeah. weeks. You see what I'm saying? I mean, he was, he was, I mean, again, that's why we were, then it was, you know, Miss Powers, Sandy Powers. Yes. You know, another, just another figure that was like, I'm not messing with these folks. But it, but to your point, it was as if though they saw that that slight difference in us, right? Um, that was like, you just got to get it together. You know, you got to get out of here. And so those characters in this play of life were very instrumental in the future roles that I would play in. You know, that's that's really what it was. I mean, they were main characters in this whole play of life for me. And uh, was able to get me to Pine Forest, um, where then it was a whole new crop of folks. Um, but that soil, um, even as tough and as rugged as it was, there were parts of it that was smoothed out, um, and that was that's that made the difference, right? Um, my grandmother played no games, so but I know that some of the young kids that went home, they were going home to horrible, horrible situations, and so they just bringing that back to school. Of course, I understand that now, right? Yeah. You know, of course, when you're in the midst of it as a seventh grader, you're like, what in the world is, you know, but there was a lot of anger. A lot of kids, you know, you just had poverty is real. All of us were in poverty. It's just that uh, it's how you navigate through poverty. Um, and I just had a grandmother who still made sure that, you know, I was, you know, when I came home, she was, she was the consistent figure in my life, right? Whereby some of the folks that I was growing up with, you don't know if you, when you got home, if anybody was going to be there, right? Um, you know, uh, eventually when my mother didn't make her way back, you know, make her way down to the island, I mean, back to uh, Spring Lake, where we were, I mean, I got the full brunt of a life of, you know, watching my mother on drugs and and how that just tore my family apart, right? And, mm-hmm. and watching my siblings and, the, you know, just everything that we had to go through, with that and that was all of our lot of our stories you know the one thing that my grandmother was like no that's true like come on you come in this house you know and of course I remember trying to buck when I was 15 and 16 to you know she was like I wish you would right I wish you would 
So, um, you know, so, so that's what kind of shaped me is that she still had a stern hand on me um, and didn't allow me to get too far out. Um, she looked at the things that I was involved in. So, you know, I was in chorus because of Miss Pagan. You know, my grandmother made me play the viola in orchestra. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be hardcore. I'm here walking in here with my, trying to walk in with my viola, you know, but, you know, you can't be done with a viola, you know, <laughs> you know it, just, it just doesn't happen. Uh, you know, then again, Chris, you were so not a thug, though. You I know so I wasn't. I mean, I wanted to be. I wanted to be, though. I wanted to be because I felt like that was the only way I was going to be able to su succeed. Exactly. That's the only I way mean, or survive. Or survive, right? I mean, it was just like you had to. So, so you, I, you had to shrink to kind of navigate. Like, listen, I ain't trying to be hard. Is either I ain't trying to be hard with nobody, yeah. so that I can create and make any waves and just get through. I was just trying to get through. Um, uh, but track allowed me to elevate. It was kind of like being like this superstar for the brothers who were thugs, right? They were like, you good. You know what I'm saying? You know, they will come out to the track and come to the track meets. And, you know, it was kind of like, you know, we got you. You, you, you can use, you got to use this to get up out of here. Yeah. I mean, that, it was, it was the weirdest thing, you know? So it's kind of like they protected me. Because they saw even 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 those brothers saw something in me, right? It's like you got to get out of here. Um, you know, you got a future. Basically, that was I'm like, my God, we're we're all thirteen here. I think we all got a future. <laughs> we're all fourteen. We all got a future. But to them, they yeah. you know they already knew, right? It was it was yeah. it was again, it was interesting. Yeah, it was. I I I, I just. I, I, I saw a lot of that. I experienced a lot of that. You know, my life took me on a different path once we got over to Pine Forest. Yes. Um, but I still stayed in touch with quite a few people. And, and I too had that same experience um, with individuals that you kind of ran with or ran from um, and they saw something different in you. And so where you used to be afraid of them, they ultimately wind up kind of protecting and pushing you out of the, the hood. They yeah. want it. It's like, um, I believe that some of us, some of, some people live vicariously through oh. us. They could see that there was something different. And I always saw something different in you. I felt my difference. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. I couldn't always see because yeah. I was looking at what was happening in the moment but I felt that there was something bigger out there for me and that Fayetteville Spring Lake was not going to be yeah. my final resting place um, during that time, regardless of what the odds were and the stats that were stacked against me. Yeah. I could feel something different and I could see difference in certain people. And I think that a lot of people could see that in us and they kept pushing us right. to include our teachers, right? Our teachers oh, sure. Oh, sure. Know, and I think they took a little extra time with us and an oh, extra yeah. tolerance i mean you know i was such a bad yes. kid, as they said but <laughs> yes yes yeah yes your name but... yeah, yeah your name was on 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 this quarter's lips yeah you're so crazy my, my lord i my could lord. just talk to miss quarter i would so apologize <laughs> for being such a tyrant but um listen it wasn't totally my fault right it no was, no it wasn't i was it truly was. acting I mean, out yeah, you just, yeah, you were, 
You were, he just wasn't going to, he wasn't going to take no junk though. That was, I know, Chris, I know, I know. I know. but I'm so sweet now. You are, I know. That's why I'm just like, I mean, it's just so like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm so sweet now. All right, Chris. So um, I love talking about the lessons that we've learned in life and you shared some of that with us tonight. But I would love to get, you know, I like to get into the nitty gritty, right? I want to talk about the love and the family and the professional career and all the things. But what I love most is is hearing the stories of your through line, Um, the life lessons that you learn through this journey to love, to family, to professionalism, whatever you want to share. I want to hear what's on that through line for you. Yeah, yeah. So so I think one of the, the biggest lessons I've learned through this, through this line, through this journey, and as you say, the through line, which I, I love that, is um, truly understanding that you have to take that time for yourself to know yourself. Right, um, being true to oneself is again one of those cliche um, statements, but it's real. I mean, when I say that it's real, Sandra, I mean it is. It is so real that you know who you are. So throughout my journey to get here, there's been so many people who have tried to define me, right? Once I left high school, went to college, and again, you're learning yourself. You're, you know, you're, you're adolescent, you're now a young, a young man, a young woman, you're, you're still, your brain is still developing, but you know, you are still trying to figure things out. And so, but people begin immediately in certain stages of your life, putting you in a box of who you are, who you should be. And because we all live in this thing called the sandbox and they have the sandbox theory where you want to be accepted, right? Nobody wants to be outside of the sandbox. I don't want kids to be, you know, people to be pointing at me. Um, Everybody wants to be accepted. So we will conform to what is comfortable um, and I learned early, oh, I can't do that. I, first of all, who, who, who's Chris Ray? Um, and it took some time. I mean, it did. It took some time for me to have some of those, that, 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 that self-conversation, that self-work, um, to know who I was. And once I figured out, like, these are the things that I'm comfortable with about me that I was born with that in the eyes of other people may not be acceptable, right? Because um, we all have it. You know, all of us just mask it very, very well because we don't want to be judged or we don't want to be, um, you know, ostracized, so forth and so on. So, you know, and sometimes it's necessary because I don't know what, I don't know what it is that you have that's kind of quirky that, you know, if you put it out there, people are like, oh my you know, that's not, you know, but I had to be fine with that, right? That's why you had so many young people, like so many young, like so many young people commit suicide in life, right? Because they, you know, whether they're struggling with certain things about themselves or, or society's already beginning to put them in boxes. And I, my heart goes out to young people today because of how social media tries to, you know, shape them so quickly to where they, you don't even know who you are yet, but 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 you are you are taking the judgmental feedback from people at such an early age and so much yeah. that um, they very quickly um, a lot of them you know in their lives because they're they're not in a place yet of growth or understanding. Um, 
I didn't want that to be my story. So I had to get to a place of comfort um, and acknowledgement and then knowing who the hell I am. Mm -hmm. And once I did that, it gave me a power that has been unstoppable. So as they have come for me, and they have come for me in so many different stages, right? Mm -hmm. um, I know there are those who are sitting back right now saying, we thought we killed this baby. Yeah. Mm -mm 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 -mm. And here he is, right? Um, but that has come from me being good with who I am uh, and understanding the light that I have. And, you know, so you talk about, you know, Chris, I've always saw it in you, right? Well, I haven't always seen it in myself. Sure. Um, so now I meet people that I've grown up with, or folks like, oh man, we always knew you was gonna, you know, uh, but I really didn't see that. And I, I thought it, I, you know, I, you know, but I, you, know, you don't see it. But now, but when I realize that, oh, I have a thing, yeah. like, oh, I, oh, I can, oh, I deserve to be in this room, or I have this intellectual ability to move the needle on certain things. Oh, I deserve to be here. I have the ability to make people feel a certain kind of way and move the, I'm going to embrace that. And so when I started embracing the gifts that was given to me and then not looking at other people's gifts and saying, man, I wish I had, but realizing like, oh, I have changed the whole game. Look at you. <laughs> changed the whole game. Look at you changed the whole game. I'm telling you, once I realized what I had and realizing that in this journey of life, you can have the beautiful and beloved community that my mentor, John Lewis, will always talk about. You can't have the beloved community without first loving who you are, mm -hmm. right? You can't, you know, if everybody embraced their gifts, if everybody embraced who they are, you know, that's how you become beloved. And that's how the, and that's how, you know, you can be that beloved community um, because all of us have to have something different in order to build, right? You know, there's a reason why there are musicians and, and there are singers and there are artists and, you know, people who make things beautiful to soothe the savage that's, his, that's in all of us, right? It's, yeah. that's, that's why God created them. But in, but in the, on the flip side, you got to have some of us who are warriors, who are not going to settle for the status quo, who is not going to allow for injustice to continue. Because why? Because we recognize and see the humanity in everyone. Um, and, you know, and, 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 but you have to get to a certain place in your life to yeah. understand that though, right? Yeah. So, when I, so when I see people acting out or acting a certain way, I just say, oh, they, they don't know who they are yet. They're not ready to embrace their power. And and because we are so powerful, um, we are, you know, again, we are so afraid of what we're capable of achieving that many of us just accept the standard of where we are because, first of all, I don't want to do that work, that inner work, yes. and that work, you know, this right here, this is work. Yeah. And the only reason why I was able to get this work was because I did this work first. Mm. And you can't achieve absolutely nothing. And if you are achieving and you ain't did that inner work, it ain't gonna last. Mm -hmm. You'll be by yourself when it's all said and done. Mm. Mm -mm -mm -mm. You dropped a nugget right there. And that's the truth. And that's the truth. 
That's, that's the, the truth. truth. No matter what, no matter what you build, if you haven't done your own self-assessment, you will if you have done it by yourself. You will not have acknowledged nobody. You don't, you'll be by yourself when it's all said and done in the end. That's how it works. Y'all heard that right. This is good. This is good. I never thought that we would be in our mid-40s and we're dropping wisdom. Mm. Mm. Because now we are that wise generation. Oh my, oh my, oh my God. Let me tell you. Yeah, life, man. Life. Life have, you know, again, I I I've loved, I've lost. I messed up. I've watched oh. those who were close in my life mess up. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I'm not sitting here being some great sage of knowledge, right? Um, this is just nothing but straight experience yeah. that's being that's being imparted, but also just being transparent about um, you know, really who we are and 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 how we move. And a lot of us aren't, man. There are people still in their 40s trying to you know, live for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, isn't that, that's so unfortunate. Um, but you know, when you're ready, you're ready. And when you're ready, you will do something different. So if anyone is listening, you are stuck and you, you, you find yourself stuck. You really have to have a made up mind that you're going to do this for you. And you're not going to answer the call for other people all the time or be defined by other people. Oh and Yeah. And I think that's a big thing, right? I do know a lot of people that are truly defined. I mean, I was defined by my children. I was, you know, I was defined by those things. Oh, sure. Others and 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 I just, I think I saged my house one day and was like, I'm done. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I lit yes. up some sage and some frankincense and <laughs> stop eating meat. And I was like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was, but it was a journey, right? It, it's, it's a, it's a decision that you have to make. You have to give yourself permission to be your whole self. Yeah. And then, and, and, and but then when you introduce, and that's where the, the relationship piece comes in, when you introduce the next person into your life, right? You have to be able to say, listen, um, this is it. This is, they, this is no representative. Cause you know, we've all had our representatives in the past relationships trying to, let me step outside and burp. I don't want them to think, know that I burp as a human being, yeah. you know, you know, whatever it is. Um, no, this is who it is. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. I need you to get, know me in all my fullness. Uh, this is the quirks. This is the this. This is the that. Um, I'm not going to slow roll it. This is who it is so that you don't waste your time because I ain't trying to waste my time at 45. Let me be clear. Let, um, let, no I'm more. Trying, I'm not trying to waste my time at 40. And that's the now that's the one thing I love about being in the 40s, right? I mean, yeah. ooh, who did, if you if you serious though, now I was I was uh, you know I, I went to um I was talking to one of my boys today who's still he's still playing around, right? He in his almost in his 50s and he you know he ain't even in his mid 40s, he's in the late 40s, almost 50s. And you know, he's giving me telling me about some situations he have with some women that he's dealing with. And I'm like, bro, you are. You know, he's like, I know, I know, I know. I, I got, I, you know, after this experience, I'm like, wow, what is it going to Yeah. You know, so, but you, to your point, like you just said, you have got to, you you got, when it, you you, you got to be ready. But what I've learned, Sandra, is that a lot of people ain't trying to do that work. No, they're not. They're nah, not. They ain't trying to do that work. We're going to pretend all the way to the end. 
Yes, yes. And and that is their truth. They're pretending is their oh, truth. Oh, sure. Oh, That's sure. Their truth. This is who they unfortunately are. And no shit, no, no shit. No, no. Everybody no, no. has their own path and journey. And I mm-hmm. wanted to, and I try to operate in my higher self, and I can't always meet the mark, but that is what I aim to do every day so I can show up and be in my higher self. I screw it up sometimes. Oh yeah. Oh sure. I get right back up and I try it again. And you try it again. Again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I call it, you know, I'll say this more so for men, right? So when you're in a relationship and um you you choose not to be open and transparent with the partner that you're that you're with. Um it creates you living in the shadows. Yeah. You know, you know, why are you over here doing this? You know, because you didn't want to share with the person you was with, you know, maybe I'm into this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm telling you, that is what some of the challenges are because you folks don't want to be truly, they haven't done the work. They don't want to be transparent. They don't want to, to say to their partner, hey, this is what I'm into, right? And so I'm going to let, you know, your audience think through whatever that is, right? Because that's a whole host of things, right? But because you chose not to be transparent with that person you're with, you decided to get it somewhere else. Absolutely. Right? Because you didn't trust enough the partner that you was with, you know, um, and probably because both of y'all both pretending, you know, you missing out on something that could be super good, you know? I mean, that's that's what people miss, um, is that they don't know how to, because they've spent their whole life um, being a representative with the next person in their life, but then you go, but then you go into the shadows with a complete stranger and be your authentic self. Be your true self, honey. Be your true self. Be be your true self in, in the shadows with that person. So in that brief moment, you're feeling all good, but then you go back and then that's where the strife comes in because you really frustrated that you can't be your true self and whatever that is, because you're with a partner that you can't talk about it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and that, like I said, man, that's, that's, that's for another day. That's a conversation. Yeah. Well, day. you know what, that's, 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 those are the lessons you've learned with love. And I think we're all still learning and growing in love. Um, yeah. But you're so right, that transparency. And I don't, you know, it's such a prison when you can't be your authentic self. Ooh, let me tell you. It, I mean, it, it's it's smothering, it's stifling. And I think it builds up, um, it builds up or creates resentment and anger and frustration. The truth is, is that you've chosen a person that you just can't be yourself with. And yeah. you've chosen to be with that person for whatever the other reasons are. And then you go out and as you said, you start seeking the thing that you really want. You seek that gratification and satisfaction in other places. So you split. Your body is split. Your, your, your is mind split. is split. Your spirit yeah. is split. Your conscious yeah. is split. Yeah. Um, but when you really come into your own and you decide that I'm going to present myself as who I am and when you're with a person that don't accept it, you say, I can't go any further with you and be okay yeah. with that. Come on, courage. Come on, cur- you, come on, courage. Come on, courage. Come on, courage. 
But that you know what? Everybody don't that's got courage. When life opens up for you, right? That's there. when life opens up. That's but that's but listen, everybody don't got that kind of courage. They don't have it. They don't. I mean, and it's you know, again, so many reasons what what has shaped them. Yeah. That's a lack of courage. And so you end up staying in the shadows, you end up being split. I love that whole analogy, your soul is split. Um, and it's a horrible place to be. So 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 then if you compromise on that, oh well gosh, everything else that you're trying to do. Everything else. Then, then, I mean, you, you go compromise on it. That's why you can't start that business you keep on talking about. That's right. You know, that's, that's right. why you ain't putting in the paperwork. That's why you ain't putting in the paperwork to um to get that promotion. I mean, all, that's, that's right. all, all of these things that you keep on saying, I need to do. You know why you ain't gonna do it? Because you don't even have the courage to, to be transparent on what you got going on right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. That's the thread that's broken. You don't have it. That's the one right there. Yeah. yeah. But, but it, you know, and I know a lot of that is, uh, is fear, fear of rejection, fear of being, oh, fear of being misunderstood. So, absolutely. It's, absolutely. Um, it's it's seven billion people in the world. Trust me, whatever you into, you're going to find them. You will find them. It's seven <laughs> billion. That's the problem. People don't realize how big the world is. Yeah, it's, it's bigger than Spring Lake. Much bigger than Spring Lake. Hello. Hello. Look where we are. Look where the you know, GM Exactly, is man. Yeah, man. Much bigger than Spring Lake. It's much bigger. All right. So listen, you it's listening. I know you're like, where are they going? Again, hey, listen, this was our conversation. Oh, they know where we're going. They, they sit know where we're going. They, they sit down right now asking themselves, Lord, am I transparent with my person that I'm with? I've been transparent. And you probably and, and you probably not. No. You so probably not. I, I do want to stay here just for another second. Um, mm -hmm. I was having this conversation because this is what I do, right? Um, having this conversation about um not being able to be your whole self in relationship not mm -hmm. being be you know like your fullness and i said for me sometimes i'm so honest and it's to my detriment right because what i realized i don't want to say to my detriment it looks like it's to my detriment but it really is a gift um it runs people off because i'm so upfront and i'm mm -hmm. so honest and i'm so transparent and because I think we live in a world where people aren't aren't very used to that anymore. We're used to the filters from Instagram. Ooh. We're used to the no, I was about to say that. <laughs> no. we're, used to, we're used to the hashtags and just showing like the highlights of our life. That's right. So whenever someone comes in, they're just like very real and and a lot of self-awareness is going on and they've done the work. It can be frightening to someone that is living the lie. And that's what I run into. And I tell you, I show up with no apologies. I don't, I'm not apologizing for it um, because this is who I am and, and this is who I'm going to be. And I want to remain this person because this is where I'm free. Mm. And I like being free, Chris. I do too. <laughs> I do too, man. It took me a while to get here in that, in, in this particular chapter, when it comes to relationships rise, but, you know, but that's why when I think about, um, just the future and what, it, what, what it holds, um, I'm so excited. I don't even know what to do with myself. Yeah. Uh, Cause what I'm working you're shining, on, you're glowing. Yeah, man. What I'm working on next is it is going to change so many lives. Um, you know, and that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So I'm excited. 
Well, I love that. All right. So listen, I got to get through these questions because our hour is almost up. Oh, okay. 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 So we've kind of already talked about this, but I'm going to stick to the script. Um, can you please tell us, and, and this is something that I hope the listeners think about, this is a question that I've been thinking about, um, and I'm sharing it with you, and I would love for you to tell us, who are you, Chris, outside of that person that everyone expects you to be? Um, all these titles and everything on those wall, that wall back there, and I know there's probably more all the way around, but who are you, if all of that fail, who are you outside of that? Sure. Um, so I think about uh, Chris is loyal. Um, I think about the folks that I'm still rocking with, you know, I got, you know, a friend from the fourth grade, right up to my boys from the seventh grade that I'm still rocking with, um, to folks I've met along the journey in college and um, loyal, uh, no matter what, I'm, I'm going to be loyal. Uh, Chris is uh, relentless in whatever goals that I set, you know, I'm going to keep, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to put in that work. Um, I'm gonna find a way to navigate around whatever barriers. You know, there's so many barriers have been put in my in my life. Just you know, whether it's because of a, you know, the color of my skin or the, you know, my sex or, um, you know, you know, just intimidated by other you know people on the other side of the desk. Um, you know, but I found a workaround, and um, you know, and I think that that's what has made all the difference in the world. Um, I got a big heart, you know. Uh, I didn't, I don't, I would, you know, never truly have wanted to ever admit that, but when I look at how I've moved in my life and realizing that I, I was born to serve, um, you have to have a heart to do that. And, and I'm grateful for that. So that's who Chris is. So somebody with a big heart, somebody who's loyal and somebody who works hard. Yeah. Okay, Chris. Well, you also are the 36th international president of Phi Beta Sigma fraternity. <laughs> And I don't even know what y'all say after that because I think I'll be yelling and all the other beautiful things. So listen, I know this wasn't part of my, my script, but how has this experience been for you? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, you know, man, leading, leading men, right? It's never easy, right? Just think about all those alpha males. You know, Phi Beta Sigma is 108 years old. You know, historic, you know, Phi Beta Sigma is in the very fabric of this country, really in, in various fabrics of various countries around the world, um, just from the caliber of men who've been, who have come through our ranks from, you know, the George Washington Carvers of the world to the uh, Elaine Locke scholar, Elaine, uh, Dr. Elaine Locke, who was the first um, Rhodes Scholar, African-American Rhodes Scholar in America's history, you know, to James Weldon Johnson, who wrote the Black National Anthem, to Huey P. Newton, who was the first, you know, Black, you know, founder, co-founder of the Black Panther Party, right down to uh, the John Lewis's of the world, and, you know, just, 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 just iconic individuals um, into, in our history, you know, 35 men have led the organization. So we have one brother who was elected twice. So, you know, we had to give him his just to do. Yeah. So even though I'm the 36th international president, he, he got two numbers. So, you know, so it's really 35 men who have the ability to serve in the highest office of leading men. Um, it's been amazing. Uh, it's not easy because I, you know, by all intents and purposes, I am a young president. Most of our presidents are, are to have more seasoned. Uh, so to be able to navigate the political waters of a fraternity uh, has not been easy, but 
Um, they saw this train coming a long time ago. And, you know, you know, there were those who tried to derail it. Um, but the brothers were ready for it because, again, when you're genuine and you're transparent and you're communicative on the vision of where you want to take in the organization, they bought in and the rest is history. And so I count it as a privileged man to serve in this role. And, you know, we're doing a lot of amazing things. And, um, you know, we're getting ready to tear down our international headquarters there at 145 Kennedy Street. Um, and we're going to rebuild it. But on top of it, we're going to put a four-story 36 unit apartment complex of affordable housing, right? What? So we are changing what it, redefining what it means to be a fraternity man, right? Oh. Um, that's the kind of work that we, are, that I'm trying to focus them on. Uh, but again, having a big vision and motivating men to see more themselves than, you know, see more and recognize that we can do more um, when you have collective power. And so, you know, now we're talking about having our own hospital one day, right, that focuses on Black men's health, uh, because our physiology is different. Um, and so there are certain things that are impacting us. So there needs to be constant research. And so why not have a whole healthcare system that focuses on us, right? Um, you know, we, we are talking about our own charter schools and, you know, uh, just, just watching their minds recognize what is what is possible you know we we have our own credit union now we you know we have our own foundation so we have our own political action committee as a fraternity right so you know so understanding our political power understanding our financial power understanding how we could literally replicate what we're getting ready to do on 145 kennedy street around the world you know so now you're going to be taking care of families putting roofs overheads that's what fraternity that's that's why we wear these letters. That's why we went to college, get these degrees, come together as a unit, let this organization be an umbrella to be able to synergize and then go back out and change the world. That's what being in the fraternity is about. Not just a group of people that's wearing the same colors and just excited to, no, I, I'm not, no, I'm not that dude. Wow. You know, to me, you are a B-A-V. And you want to know what that means? That means you are a badass visionary and I love it. <laughs> well, I receive all of that. I receive all of that. I receive yes, all of that. That's some big energy there. I love that. Yeah. All right, Chris, I have another question for you before we get ready and wrap up. And okay. I, I want to also leave space for you to share where you can be found and all the the word, the knowledge, the wisdom, whatever you have to, to leave with us tonight. But um, I want you to share with me the best part of being this young Black man from Spring Lake Junior High, mm. Spring Lake, North Carolina. Oh man, that's that's easy, right? Um Spring Lake represents, you know, what some of the challenges that a lot of us have in our lives. Um but if anything, though that statement is not about how you start, but how you finish. Yeah. That, that rings so true. And to have the opportunity to stand up in front of young men um, who are probably going through very similar, a lot of the things that I've gone through, and to be able to say, listen, it won't be easy. It will be bumpy along the way, but here we are. Here we are. And if I can do it, darn it, you can too. And, and just being able to, to share that gives somebody hope. It really does. I mean, I've seen it happen time and time again. And so again, it's not about where you start, it's about where you finish. Um, and I plan on finishing big, you know, I plan on finishing big. 
Okay. Um, and listen, because I know you are a goal setter and a goal getter, I know that you will finish big. And um, I, you know, I'm privileged. I have a privilege of watching you and observing this from the sidelines. And um, while still moving through my journey, I get to look at you and, and I, I think I'm one of your biggest cheerleaders. I, I speak your name in rooms. Um, proud to know you and I always giggle about our beginning and um, <laughs> I just chuckle um, but I'm so so proud of you Chris I, I thank you you know more so just to be able to call you friend <laughs> absolutely well, same here same here I, I think when you when you talk about where how we started to see that we are that you know we're in this space in this moment yeah you know we survived man we did it we survived we did, we did we it survived. We, we did it. We did it. And so if we were able to do it, we have an obligation to inspire others because, you know, it took a lot of work to get here, but we're here. Yes. Praise yes. God. Um, yeah. But, you know, now we go back and we, you know, we, we inspire others. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So tell us, Chris, where can we find you? Where can people follow you? Oh. And and if there's anything that's going on that you want to share that we should know about, please take yes. take okay. talk about okay. it. Well, all right. So of course, if you if you on the gram, you know you can follow me at the real the real Chris Ray. Um, you got the blue check mark. You know, no oh. man, I don't got the blue check mark yet. Oh, it's coming it. though. It's coming. It. coming. I, I just look. I they, I got the blue check mark for Twitter yeah. though. Look so, at, oh yeah, it's coming. So, so Twitter got me. So, uh, uh, but at, at Twitter, it is uh, I am Chris Ray. I try to get I am Chris Ray on, you know, some other dude had it, you know. So, okay. anyways, what is all good? So, I, I am Chris Ray on Twitter, the real Chris Ray on um, on Instagram. And of course, uh, you could put I am Chris Ray, uh, of course, on Facebook, and there's a page will pop up as well. Um, but one of the things that I would always, I will encourage people to do the new project that I'm working on, um, and I'll, you know, I'll announce it here today. Uh, we are launching on December one. Uh, I sit in a room with all these CEOs that talk about their inability to get access to black talent. So I decided to, um, build, um, the largest, um, database of internships in the world and have HBCU students get access to those databases. And so, um, but not only get access to the internship, but the foundation that we've started uh, will allow for HBCU student, we will cover, um, uh, make sure that they are able to get to the internship, uh, make sure that they have housing for wow. the internship, because that's the key and that makes all the difference, right? So if you are an a, you know, if you're an IT major and you're here at an HBCU in North Carolina, but you got an opportunity out in California and you can't get that opportunity because you don't even know how to get there, uh, you can't afford to get there and you can't afford to stay for the summer. Now, it's a paid internship, right? Yeah. It's a paid internship, but unfortunately, you you don't know how to navigate at 19 and 20 years old. And so my plan is, is to develop a foundation that's going to allow for individuals to do that. Um, and did become a conduit for us to give, right? And of course, I make it easy. It is hbcuinternships.org, <laughs> hbcuinternships.org. Um, and so what I'm building is the largest database of Black talent in the world. So companies will no longer be able to say, well, we don't know where to find. You can find them at hbcuinternships.org. So imagine a graduating class of Black engineers, 
right? And so now I'll be able to say, you can come to hbcuinternships.org and you can get access to all the graduating black engineers that are coming that are coming out of all the HBCUs from around the country. Oh, so it is about to be a huge game changer. So I would tell your folks, if that moves you, go to the website, make a contribution. The, the site launches December 1, but the, the, the page is up now where you can follow all of our social media channels and the donation page is up there for you to give. Uh, but we have companies lining up. It's, it's, it's going to be amazing. Hey. It's big. This it's is so be- amazing, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need you to send that information to me via text since you have my phone number. Send me that via text. I will. And I'll make sure that I put it up. I told you. I didn't even know about this, but I told you you were a BAV. I told you that. Um, I didn't <laughs> even realize that this was what you were doing. I'm like, whoa, that was, that's amazing. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. And so I will... Yes, actually, please share it um, with individuals. So follow all our pages and everything now um, and share it with folks in your network. And then the folks are moved to give. If if you can't give to this, $20, $50, if you can't give to this, then you then, you know, those are really those are real excuses. So the resources that we will raise will be able to make sure that their travel um, and then and then for individuals who are are at unpaid internships um, that still need that that still need that experience, we'll be able to provide stipends for them. So we get ready to change the game. I'm not you I'm not. are like this is this is amazing. You guys are this is a game changer. Yeah. So it's it's um so the name of the organization is HBCU Internships Foundation Incorporated. Um, um, it's a, it's just a big vision of mine. And it's what I want to do until I close my eyes on this earth. I'm yeah, going to make sure weird. that young people of color have access to jobs so that they can take care of their future families. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's what matters. That's well, what matters. Okay. You all heard that. So please go out and support it. I promise you, I'm going to put this up so that you that are listening and you that are watching will have no issues with finding that link it's going to be on youtube as well so please make sure you just read down in the description and you're going to see it so please 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 or hit me up wherever you hear this at you already have my email hit me up and i'll get the information to you chris this has been amazing and great and a lot of fun and it's so good to sit down and talk with you Thank, thank you, my you friend. Me. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And now I'm about to go get me something to eat because I'm starving. Yes, I am too. I am too. Um, Chris, I love you so much. Much love oh, to you. Love you um, too, my sister. And, and your and your success along the way. Um, anything I can do, anything, don't hesitate to let me know. Um, anything I can support, please let us all know, and we'll be doing that. So we're going to say goodnight to Facebook. So Facebook, uh, thank you for watching us. (laughs) Make sure you all go out there and follow Chris. Um, And it has been real. Thank you so much for watching us. I am stopping that live stream to Facebook. Chris, oh 